Chapter Seventeen of Five Little Peppers at School by Margaret Sidney. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen. Phronsie. And after that, there was no more trouble about that program, for as luck would have it, the very next day a letter came from Joel, saying that Dr. Marks had given them a holiday of a week on account of the illness of two boys in their dormitory, and, "'May I bring home Tom Beresford? He's no end fine!' and, "'Please, Mamsie, let me fetch Sinband. Do telegraph yes!' And Mother Fisher, after consultation with Mr. King, telegraphed yes, and wild was the rejoicing over the return of Joel and David and Percy and Van, and Tom, for Mother Fisher was ready to receive with open arms and very glad silently to watch one of Joel's friends. "'And to think that Sinband is coming!' cried Polly, dancing about. "'Just think of Phronsie, Joel's dear dog that Dr. Marks let him take to the little cobbler to keep for him.' And she took Phronsie's hand and they spun around the hall. "'I shall get him a new pink ribbon,' declared Phronsie breathlessly when the spin was over. "'Do!' cried Polly. "'Dear me, that was a good spin, Phronsie.' "'I should think it was,' said Ben. "'Goodness me, Polly, Phronsie and you made such a breeze.' "'Didn't we, pet?' cried Polly with a last kiss. "'Oh, Ben and Jasper, to think those boys will be here for our entertainment.' "'I know Tom is made of the right stuff,' Mamsie said proudly to Father Fisher, "'else my boy would not choose him.' "'That's a fact, wife,' the little doctor responded heartily. "'Joel's all right, maybe a bit heedless, but he has a good head on his shoulders.' The five boys bounded into the wide hall that evening, Joel first, and in his arms a yellow dog, by no means handsome, with small beady eyes, and a stubby tail that he was violently endeavouring to wag, under the impression that he had a good deal of it. "'Mamsie!' shouted Joel, his black eyes glowing and precipitating himself into her arms, dog and all. "'See Sinband! See, Mamsie!' "'It's impossible not to see him,' said Ben. "'Goodness me, Joe, what a dog!' which luckily Joel did not hear for the babble going on around. Besides, there was Phronsie trying to put her arms around the dog and telling him about the pink ribbon which she held in her hand. "'Joe,' said Dr. Fisher, who had been there and everywhere in the group, and coming up to nip Joel's jacket, "'introduce your friend. You're a pretty one, to bring a boy home and—' "'I forgot you, Tom,' shouted Joel, starting off, still hanging to his dog. "'Oh, there you are!' seeing Tom in the midst of the circle and talking away to Grandpapa and Polly. "'As if I couldn't introduce Tom,' <laughs> sniffed Percy importantly, quite delighted at Joel's social omissions. "'I've done it ages ago.' "'All right,' said Joel, quite relieved. "'Oh, Phronsie, Sinman doesn't want that ribbon on,' as Phronsie was making violent efforts to get it around the dog's neck. "'I would let her, Joel,' said Mother Fisher, "'if I were you.' "'But he hates a ribbon,' said Joel in disgust. "'And besides, he'll chew it up, Phronsie.' "'I don't want him to chew it up, Joel,' said Phronsie slowly, and pausing in her endeavours, and she looked very sober. "'I'll tell you, Phronsie,' Mrs. Fisher took the pink satin ribbon that Phronsie had bought with her own money. "'Now do you want Mother to tie it on?' "'Do, Mamsie,' begged Phronsie, smoothing her gown in great satisfaction and presently there was a nice little bow standing up on the back of Sinban's neck, and there didn't seem to be any ends to speak of. There was nothing to distract his attention from the responsibility of watching all the people. "'Oh, isn't he beautiful?' cried Phronsie in a transport, and hopping up and down to clap her hands. "'Grandpapa, dear, do look, and I've told Princey all about him, and given him a ribbon, too, so he won't feel badly.' 
and after this excitement had died down, Joel whirled around. "'Tom's brought his banjo,' he announced. "'Oh!' exclaimed Polly. "'And he can sing,' cried Joel, thinking it best to mention all his accomplishments at once. "'Don't, Joe,' begged Tom, twitching his sleeve. Polly looked over at Jasper with sparkling eyes, and the color flew into her cheeks. "'Splendid!' his eyes signaled back. "'What is it?' cried Joel, giving each a sharp glance. "'Now you two have secrets, and that's mean when we've just got home. "'What is it, Polly?' he ran to her, shaking her arm. "'You'll see in time,' said Polly, shaking him off to dance away. "'I don't want to know in time,' said Joel. "'I want to know now. Mamsie, what is it?' "'I'm sure I haven't the least idea,' said Mother Fisher, who hadn't heard Joel's announcement. "'And I think you would do better, Joey, to take care of your guest and let other things wait.' "'Oh, Tom doesn't want to be fussed over,' said Joel carelessly. Yet he went back to the tall boy standing quite still in the midst of the general hilarity. "'That's just the way Ben and Polly used to do in the little brown house,' he grumbled. "'Always running away and hiding their old secrets from me, Tom.' "'Well, we had to, if we ever told each other anything,' said Ben coolly. Joel everlastingly tagged us about, Beresford. "'Well, I had to, if I ever heard anything,' burst out Joel with a laugh. "'Come on, Tom,' and he bore him off together with Sinband. "'Polly,' Jasper was saying, the two now being off in a corner, "'how fine! Now perhaps Tom Beresford will sing.' "'And play,' finished Polly with kindling face. "'Oh, Jasper, was anything ever so gorgeous!' she cried joyfully, for Polly dearly loved high-sounding words. "'And we'll sell a lot more tickets, because he's new, and people will want to hear him.' "'If he will do it,' said Jasper slowly, not wanting to dampen her anticipation, but dreadfully afraid that the new boy might not respond. "'Oh, he'll do it, I believe,' declared Polly confidently. "'He must, Jasper, help about that poor brakeman's family.' And he did. Tom Beresford evidently made up his mind, when he went home with Joel, to do everything straight through that the family asked him, for he turned out to be the best visitor they had entertained, and one and all pronounced him capital.' All but Joel himself, who told him very flatly the second day that he wasn't half as nice as at school, for he was now running at everybody's beck and nod. "'Instead of yours,' said Tom calmly. Then he roared. "'Hush up!' cried Joel, very uncomfortable and getting very red. "'Well, you must acknowledge, Tom, that I want to see something of you, else why would I have brought you home, pray tell?' "'Nevertheless, I shall do what your sister Polly and your mother and Jasper and Mr. King ask me to,' said Tom composedly, which was all Joel got for his fuming. And the most that he saw of Tom after that was a series of dissolving views, for even Phronsie began to monopolize him, being very much taken with his obliging ways. At last Joel took to moping, and Ben found him thus in a corner. "'See here, old fellow, that's a nice way, to come home on a holiday and have such a face. I don't wonder you want to sneak in here.' <laughs> "'It's pretty hard,' said Joel, trying not to sniffle, "'to have a fellow you brought home from school turn his back on you.' "'Well, he couldn't turn his back on you,' said Ben, wanting very much to laugh, but he restrained himself. "'If you went with him—' "'I can't follow him about,' said Joel, in a loud tone of disgust. "'He's twanging his old banjo all the time, and Polly's got him to sing, and he's practicing up. I wish twas smashed.' "'What?' said Ben, only half comprehending. "'Why, he's old Banjo. I didn't think he'd play it all the time,' said Joel, who was secretly very proud of his friend's accomplishments, and he displayed a very injured countenance. "'See here now, Joe,' said Ben, laying a very decided hand on Joel's jacket. "'Do you just drop all this and come out of your hole? 
aren't you ashamed joe run along and find beresford and pitch into whatever he's doing i can't do anything for that old concert said joel who obeyed enough to come out of the old hole but stood glancing at ben with sharp black eyes i don't know about that said ben you can at least help to get the tickets ready did polly say so demanded joel all in a glow say ben did she advancing on him no but i do for polly asked me to do them and you know joe i'm busy all day he didn't say how tired also but joel knew how ben was working at cabo and van meters hoping to get into business life the sooner to begin to pay grandpapa back for all his kindness ben if i can help you with those tickets i'll do it every trace of joel's grumpiness had flown to the four winds let me will you he begged eagerly all right ben had no need to haul him along as joel raced on ahead up to ben's room to get the paraphernalia i can't think what's become of joel said polly flying down the long hall in great perplexity we want him dreadfully have you seen him phronsie no said phronsie i haven't polly and a look of distress came into her face never mind pet said polly her brow clearing i'll find him soon but phronsie watched polly fly off with a troubled face then she said to herself i ought to find joey for polly and started on a tour of investigation to suit herself meanwhile ben was giving joel instructions about the tickets and joel presently was so absorbed he wouldn't have cared if all the tom beresfords in the world had deserted him as he bent over his task quite elated that he was helping polly and becoming one of the assistants to make the affair a success i guess it's going to be a great thing ben he said looking up a moment from the pink and yellow pasteboard out of which he was cutting the tickets you better believe so nodded ben hugely delighted to see joe's good spirits when the door opened and in popped phronsie's yellow head she ran up to joel oh joey she hummed delightedly i've found you and threw herself into his arms joel turned sharply knife in hand it was all done in an instant phronsie exclaimed oh in such a tone that ben off in the corner of the room whirled around to see joel white as a sheet holding phronsie i've killed her he screamed ben sprang to them the knife lay on the table where joel had thrown it a little red tinge along the tip ben couldn't help seeing it as he dashed by with a groan give her to me he commanded hoarsely no no i'll hold her persisted joel through white lips and hanging to phronsie give her to me and run down for father fisher it doesn't hurt much joey said phronsie holding up her little arm a small stream of blood was flowing down and she turned away her head joel took one look and fled with wild eyes i don't believe it's very bad ben made himself call after him hoarsely now phronsie you'll sit in my lap there and i'll keep this old cut together as well as i can we must hold your arm up so child ben made himself talk as fast as he could to keep phronsie's eyes on him i got cut in the little brown house once didn't i benzie said phronsie trying to creep up farther into ben's lap you must sit straight child said ben oh would father fisher and mamsie ever come for the blood despite all his efforts was running down the little arm pretty fast why ben asked phronsie with wide eyes and wishing that her arm wouldn't ache so for now quite a smart pain had set in why benzie and thinking if she could be cuddled it wouldn't be quite so bad why we must hold your arm up stiff said ben just as mamsie came up to her baby and took her in her arms and then phronsie didn't care whether the ache was there or not joe couldn't help it said ben brokenly 
I believe that,' Mother Fisher said firmly. "'Oh, Ben, the doctor is away.' Ben started. "'I'll go down to the office. Perhaps he's there.' "'No, there's no chance. I've sent for Dr. Pennell. Your father likes him.' "'Now, Phronsie,' Mrs. Fisher set her white lips together tightly, "'you and I and Ben will see to this arm of yours. Ben, get one of your big handkerchiefs.' "'It doesn't ache so very much, Mamsie,' said Phronsie. "'Only I would like to lay it down.' "'And that is just what we can't do, Phronsie,' said Mother Fisher decidedly. "'All right,' to Ben. "'Now tear it into strips.' Old Mr. King was not in the library when Joel had rushed down with his dreadful news, but was in Jasper's den, consulting with him and Polly about the program for the entertainment, as Polly and Jasper, much to the old gentleman's delight, never took up a step without going to him for advice. The consequence was that these three did not hear of the accident till a little later. When the two Whitney boys dashed in with pale faces, "'Phronsie's hurt!' was their announcement, which wouldn't have been given so abruptly had not each one been so anxious to get ahead of the other. Old Mr. King, not comprehending, had turned sharply in his chair to stare at them. "'Hush, boys!' warned Polly, hoarsely pointing to him. "'Is Mamsie with her?' She didn't dare to speak Phronsie's name. "'Yes,' said Van, eager to communicate all the news, and hoping Percy would not cut in. But Percy, after Polly's warning, had stood quite still, afraid to open his mouth. Jasper was hunting in one of his drawers for an old book his father had wished to see, so of course he hadn't heard a word. "'Here it is, father!' he cried, rushing back and whirling the leaves. "'Why, what?' for he saw Polly's face. "'Oh, Jasper, don't!' said Polly brokenly. "'Why do you boys rush in in this manner?' demanded old Mr. King testily. "'And Polly, child, what is the matter?' "'Grandpapa!' cried Polly, rushing over to him, put her arms around his neck. Phronsie's hurt some way. I don't believe it is much, she gasped, while Jasper ran to his other side. Phronsie hurt, cried old Mr. King in sharp distress. Where is she? Then Percy, seeing it was considered time for communication of news, struck in boldly, and between the two all that was known of Joel's wild exclamations was put before them. All this was told along the hall and going over the stairs, for Grandpapa, holding Polly's hand, with Jasper hurrying fast behind them, was making good time up to Ben's room. "'And Dr. Fisher can't be found!' shouted Van, afraid that the whole would not be told. Polly gave a shiver that all her self-control could not help. "'But Joel's gone for Dr. Pennell!' screamed Percy. "'Mrs. Fisher sent him!' "'He's very good,' said Jasper comfortingly. So this is the way they came into Ben's room. "'Oh, here's Grandpapa!' cooed Phronsie, trying to get down from Mamsie's lap. "'Oh, no, Phronsie,' said Mrs. Fisher. "'You must sit still. It's better for your arm.' "'But Grandpapa looks sick,' said Phronsie. "'Bless me! Oh, you poor lamb, you!' Old Mr. King went unsteadily across the room and knelt down by her side. "'Grandpapa,' said Phronsie, stroking his white face, "'see, it's all tied up high.' "'Sit still, Phronsie,' said Mrs. Fisher, keeping her fingers on the cut. "'Would the doctor ever come?' Besides, Joel, Thomas, and several more messengers were dispatched with orders for Dr. Pennell, and to find Dr. Fisher, with the names of the other doctors, if these failed. God would send one of them soon, she knew. Phronsie obediently sat quite still, although she longed to show Grandpapa the white bandages drawn tightly around her arm, and she smoothed his hair while he clasped his hands in her lap. "'I want Polly,' she said presently. 
"'Stay where you are, Polly,' said her mother, who had telegraphed this before with her eyes over Phronsie's yellow hair. Polly, at the sound of Phronsie's voice, had leaned forward, but now stood quite still, clasping her hands tightly together. "'Speak to her, Polly,' said Jasper. But Polly shook her head, unable to utter a sound. "'Polly, you must,' said Jasper, for Phronsie was trying to turn in her mother's lap, and saying in a worried way, "'Where's Polly? I want Polly!' "'Polly is over there,' said Mamsie. "'But I do not think it is best for her to come now. "'But she'll speak to you, Phronsie.' "'How funny!' laughed Phronsie. "'Polly can't come, but she'll talk across the room.' Everything turned black before Polly's eyes, but she began, "'Yes, pet, I'm here,' very bravely. "'I'm so glad that you're there, Polly,' said Phronsie, easily satisfied. Footsteps, rapid and light, were heard on the stairs. Polly and Jasper flew away from the doorway to let Dr. Pennell, his little case in his hand, come in. "'Well, well,' he exclaimed cheerily. "'So now it's Phronsie. I'm coming to her this time.' For he had often dropped in to call or to dine since the railway accident. "'Yes,' said Phronsie, with a little laugh of delight, for she very much liked Dr. Pennell. He always took her on his lap and told her stories, and he had a way of tucking certain little articles in his pockets to have her hunt for them so they had gotten on amazingly well. "'Why, where?' Phronsie began in a puzzled way. "'Is Dr. Fisher?' Dr. Pennell finished it for her, rapidly going on with his work. "'Well, he'll be here soon, I think. And you know he always likes me to do things when he isn't on hand, so I've come.' "'And I like you very much,' said Phronsie, wriggling her toes in satisfaction. "'I know that. We are famous friends, Phronsie.' said the doctor, with one of those pleasant smiles of his that showed his white teeth. "'What's famous?' asked Phronsie, keeping her grave eyes on his face. "'Oh, fine. It means first-rate. We are fine friends, aren't we, Phronsie?' "'Yes, we are,' declared Phronsie, bending forward to see his work the better and taking her eyes from his face. "'There, there, you must sit quite straight. That's a nice child, Phronsie.' "'And see here, I must take you some time in my carriage when I go on my calls. "'Will you go, Phronsie?' and Dr. Pennell smiled again. "'Yes, I will,' Phronsie nodded her yellow head while she fastened her eyes on his face. "'I used to go with Papa Fisher when I was at the little brown house, and I liked it. I did.' "'Well, and now you will go with me,' laughed Dr. Pennell. "'Now, Phronsie, I think you are fixed up quite nicely.' slipping the various articles he had used deftly into his little bag and snapping it too not a very bad affair he said whirling round to old mr king drawn deeply within a big chair having already telegraphed the same to mother fisher over phronsie's head thank the lord exclaimed the old gentleman well now i'm going to send everyone out of the room announced dr pennell authoritatively hurry now he clapped his hands and laughed old mr king sat quite still fully determined not to obey. But the doctor, looking over him fixedly, seemed to expect him to leave, and although he still had that pleasant smile he didn't exactly give the impression that his medical authority could be tampered with. So the old gentleman found himself outside of the door. "'And now we must find Joel,' Polly was saying to Jasper. End of chapter 17